Thank you so much for that song. That song really touches my heart because I feel like it just ex- describes my testimony. <laughs> I set out like one man in the Bible to find out just about everything under the sun and find some way to satisfy, to uh, have peace and joy and all those wonderful things. And um, I found out that it was all vain. It's all vanity. Everything in this world is worthless. There's not... You won't find it in other people. You won't find it in anything, in any amount of money. Uh, You'll never be satisfied with anything that this world has to offer you. But in Jesus, hallelujah, I have found him. And once, immediately, I was completely satisfied. But there's the great paradox where, where... We've been filled, we've, we've tasted, we've eaten of that bread, we've drunk from that well, which a man never thirsts, but yet we're still thirsty. And it's a paradox. And I'm not thirsting for salvation like I was, but I certainly am still thirsty and hungry for the Lord. And so I thank the Lord for all that he's done, all the goodness in the service so far. Appreciate this brother being with us. What'd you find out? No. Okay. Uh, I had to send Hunter on a little errand for me to find some information out. Um, so turn with me if you would. I'm just going to take just a moment and kind of get started into this message. We'll probably stay here um, and work uh, ourselves through the book of Ephesians a little bit. Uh, as we're working through First Peter on Wednesday nights and some on Sunday nights, uh, I, the Lord has stirred my heart up um, in the book of Ephesians. And so I'm going to just try my best to uh, be a blessing to you this morning and try to, if you'll pray for me, be a help to you. Uh, that's what I, I always want the Lord to help make me a blessing to you all. And I, I, and because you've been so good to me and uh, I wanted to thank you for that. I know the church just did some, another thing recently for us. So um, my family really appreciates all your goodness to us. It's been You've been a great blessing to us, continue to be. And so thank you for that. But I want to be a blessing to you and be a help from the Word. So you pray for me uh, that the Lord will help me to help you this morning. And that we will be uh, sensitive to the Spirit. And uh, uh, taking a look here in Ephesians, and we'll begin here in Ephesians chapter number 5. And I want to go through one of the most important uh, sections of the New Testament, uh, I believe. Uh, There's one of the greatest unmatched doctrinal books in all the Bible in the book of Romans, uh, the book of Hebrews. Uh, But here in Ephesians, uh, there's a particularly important uh, chapter here in Ephesians chapter number 5. And uh, if you'll just notice with me a little bit, there's uh, right after chapter number five, uh, you go on down through here in chapter number six, we won't, I mean, get there, uh, but he's going to talk about how we need to suit up. And uh, the reason why in chapter number six that the Bible tells us, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might and put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil because he's going to deal with the most important earthly relationships that you could be involved in in which the enemy will lay his most fiercest attacks. 
the husband, the wife, the children, your job. And that is where the enemy, even Christ and his church, uh, the enemy is going to fight those great institutions, those uh, great earthly relationships that we have. Uh, The fiercest battles you'll face as a Christian will come against your home. They will come against your church. They will, uh, the enemy wants to split husbands and wives. He wants children to hate their parents and to walk off from the truth. He wants churches to not follow and obey Christ. He wants uh, the uh, uh, earthly relationships that we are uh, involved in here because, see, we're not married and given in marriage over there. Marriage is an earthly thing. And so we are not married in heaven. Uh, We're married here because it was not good for a man to be alone. Uh, God made him a woman. And so we have these great divine institutions that began before there was even a government. Uh, God instituted the home and how important that it is. So I'm going to try to just deal a little bit with that. But I believe in chapter number six, the reason he begins in verse number five, exhorting us to be filled with the spirit and then ends on the other side of exhorting us in our submission one to another is he tells us to put on the whole armor of God. Uh, I can't think of anything else that's going to get you through uh, some battles in your homes and in your churches and on your job uh, than being filled with the Spirit and have on the whole armor of God uh, because the devil will come at you and he will attack you. Our churches today are a reflection of what's going on inside the four walls of our home. And that is our home is a reflection of what's going on inside of our hearts. And so we have to deal with, and the Bible will do that, he's going to deal with and start out uh, with some general expectations to all Christians. He'll go back and starting in verse number one of chapter four, and he'll come all the way through chapter five and verse 20, laying out general expectations to every man, woman, boy, and girl that is born of God. Therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, I beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you're called. Verse number one of chapter four, with all lowliness. I don't care if you're a husband. I don't care if you're a wife, if you're a servant or a master. I don't care where you find yourself on earth. Chapter four, verse one, running to chapter five, down through about verse 20 and 21. You are, everybody's expected to do this, right? Uh, There's one body endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit. Um. Go on down through here, you'll see... Uh, Therefore, we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro. We need to speak the truth in love. All of us need to put off the former conversation of the old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lust. And everybody that's born again needs to be renewed in the spirit of their mind. And we need to put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Verse number 28 of chapter 4, let him that stole steal no more. Rather, let him get a job and quit being sorry. Now, that's my version, okay? Verse number 20, I can't stand a thief. How low down and sorry you got to be to steal from somebody. Lying and thieving and stealing, that's, just, that's pathetic. Verse number 29, let no corrupt communicate. And I don't care if it's the government doing it or somebody else. Don't let me go down that road. Okay, verse 29. Let no corrupt. It's plunder. Legal plunder. To rob people. 
Okay. Verse number 29. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Boy, that'd be good to remember, wouldn't it? But that which is good to the use of edifying that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Boy, that'd be good to keep our mouths doing the right thing, wouldn't it? And we got to be careful because we'll grieve the Holy Spirit of God, whereby we're sealed day of redemption. All the bitterness and wrath and anger, malice, evil speaking, put all that away from you. Be kind one to another, tender hearted. This is general now. I'm going to get to the message, but this is all general. And this is, it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman. Somehow we get the idea if I'm a man to be tender hearted is to be weak. Now, that's what society may tell you, but that's not true. Uh, you can be just uh, much of a man and be tender-hearted towards people uh, if you're a Christian because you got the love of God in you. Jesus was a man, was he not? I mean, 100% he was a man. And when it come down to it, if he had to take a bull whip and drive people off, he'd do it. Uh, but he was tender-hearted. He'd also come up to them cities and say, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how off would I? But you would not. And would weep over the condition of lost sheep that had no shepherd. And so it's good. It's okay, men, uh, for us to be tender hearted. Now, most of us come along from a generation of men that were, uh, have been in wars and uh, they've been uh, taught for some reason uh, that we are not to be tender. We're not to be soft. We're not to be kind. Uh, somehow that makes us weak, but that's not so. Biblically, it's okay to be tender hearted. I wasn't really allowed to cry. It's not manly to cry. Now, that's what the world may tell you, but that's not biblical, right? What the world has in their idea as a man is not what the Bible tells you as a man. And so we get the idea we're supposed to be put on some kind of tough outer exterior and to make us men. That's not true. We, we should be tough. We should be strong uh, men. And uh, the Bible tells us to, to quit you like men, to act as men and, and to be a man. Uh, but it's okay for a man to cry, right? Be tender hearted. Uh, we need to be careful about that. Forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. And now he'll come on down. Verse number five, walk in love. As Christ also has loved us and has given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be named once among you as become a science. Boy, that's not one time. Not one time should a Christian be involved in fornication. Right? Don't even let it be named one time. Well, that's a high expectation, isn't it? Well, I just kind of feel like I do whatever I want to. God knows what I'm made of. I do the best I can. You are messed up. No, he doesn't understand it. Cost his son his life. Right? Cost him everything. So I don't think he understands it. I understand it because I'm made of the same thing you are. I understand how the flesh is. God doesn't understand it. He was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. And we have the same power he had, the same things yet. Now, he was given the spirit without measure. Now, there's a little bit of difference there. But we have the spirit of God inside of us, enabling us and empowering us to overcome. So there's no excuse for one time for any of us to be involved in the things that are named right here. Corrupt communication, fornication, there's no excuse. Yeah, God knows what you're made of. That's why he saved you, sealed you, put the spirit of God in you and said, now get over it. You've got the power, walk in that power, and do not fulfill the lust of the flesh. 
so uh, we have no excuse. So uh, here he says, but fornication, all uncleanness, covetousness, none of that. Let it not be that. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather the giving of thanks. For this you know, no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater have any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. And so let no man deceive you with vain words. I don't care what preacher tells you, well, God knows what you, God understands. God, I don't care. What is it? Let no man deceive you with vain words. If you're involved with filthiness and fornication and uncleanness, the Bible says those things brings wrath on the children of disobedience. God's not happy about that. God's not okay with that. He's not just understanding and he knows what you're of and just you'll do better once you get to heaven. God does not understand it. God's not okay with it. He's not at ease with it. He's not comfortable with it. He said flee fornication, right? And so we got to do that. Now, so don't let anybody deceive you uh, with vain words. (laughs) So be not partakers with them. You are sometimes darkness, now are you light. Boy, that's, uh, we need to remember that. Sometimes it'll help us to understand what we need to be doing by knowing what we are. Peter's going to deal with that. You're a royal priest, a generation. He's completely a new creature. Peter's going to deal with all that. And it'll help us understand what we should be doing and our obligations by seeing what we are. We, are, we were darkness, now we're light. And so uh, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather live in such a manner that you're able to reprove them, right? So have no fellowship with the filth of the world and what's going on out there in the world, but live in such a manner that your light, whatever does make manifest is light, where you can shed some light on it, right? Problem is, a lot of people live just as low down and sorry, and they cannot reprove it because they're guilty too. Amen. And so we need to live in a manner where we're able to reprove these things. And so it's a shame, but all things reproved may manifest by the light. Now, come on down. See that you walk in circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. What a tremendous verse. So he's dealing with general things and all that I just read that everybody in here uh, is going to be uh, expected to do. Every Christian should walk in the light. Every Christian should put off old things that were in after the corrupt man and should put on the new man. The old things, the filthy talking, the jesting, the fornication, the, all the wickedness and the evil that you were guilty of as a lost man, put all of that off now. And don't ever even one time let it enter into your life. That's what he said, right? Not me. That's what the Bible said. And that's what our expectation is and that's what we should strive to do. Now put on the new man and walk in that power. And so that's everybody is expected to do that. Verse number 17 of chapter number 5. We're going to deal with... Uh, well, number seven, verse number 17, we, he is going to exhort us to be sober in our thinking. So he's going to exhort us to be sober in our minds because we know how important the mind is. And what we get our minds on is going to dictate a lot of how we do because it's going to affect our heart. 
And out of the heart comes forth all the issues of life. And so if we don't guard our minds, our heart's going to get messed up and our walk's going to be messed up, right? We're going to walk crooked. If we let crooked things come into our mind, it's going to, it's going to spoil our heart and it's going to cause us to walk wrong, right? So we have to guard our minds. So be not unwise, but understand, not just know what the will of God is, understand what the will of the Lord is. And that's verse number 17. He's going to exhort us to be sober in our thinking. We take Christianity too lightly, don't we, Christians? We think too lightly of things. And we have had. I understand why we get attacked by other denominations for saying, well, you preach that you get saved and live any way you want to. And because a lot of that has been preached out there, that a man could just get saved and he can live any way he wants to. He can be a drunk and get saved and still be a drunk 40 years later. And things like that have been preached, but that's not what the Bible says. And so uh, that's unfortunate that that's been the case, uh, but that's not the uh, that's not what we preach, and that's not what we believe because the Bible doesn't teach that. And so he says, "Be not unwise; understand what the will of the Lord is." We need to we need to really sober our thinking. So before he gets to dealing with these particular duties of each individual. Whether you're male or female, servant or master, or wherever you find yourself so in particular, uh, he's, in general, we all have to, number one, we got to get our minds right. We need to be sober in our thinking. This thing is important. This chapter is important. What God wants for my life, the will of God's important. And so you say, well, that's kind of uh, not very deep. Well, uh, we sure live like it's not very important. Right? We, we say that the will of God's important, but a lot of people aren't living like it's very important. Because the will of God, we just read a bunch of the will of God. Don't be involved in a bunch of filthiness. Would you say pornography's filthy? I would. Shouldn't be involved in it. I read a statistic one time. Somebody was saying what they were saying of men in, in uh, evangelical churches. Now, you got to watch all these because who knows? They're probably taking Catholics in and everything else. I, I don't know who they survey with this stuff. I've never been called for one of these surveys. I, so I don't know who does, gets to do these surveys. Uh, but uh, I was talking about, and I forget the percentage of men. Well, that's just the ones that admitted it. There's a lot of people sitting on church pews that wouldn't admit that. But they're involved in it. And that ain't good. It ain't right. God's against it. It's filthy. We don't need to be involved in it. Right? Now, so we need to be sober in our thinking. Be not unwise. Understand what the will of the Lord is. And so we come to these, uh, um, and, and these, uh, now, we're still dealing with the general uh, here, and he's exhorting all of us to be sober in our thinking. And then verse number 18, he's going to deal with the spirit. And so uh, he's going to talk about how uh, we need to, right here in the middle, when we get down to verse number 21, the transition verse from the general expectation of all Christians to the particular duties we find ourselves in in life, in the smack dab middle is verse 21 that says submitting yourselves one to another that's still under the general that's every single body i don't care if you think you're in charge or you're the boss or you're a pastor or you're who you are you are to submit yourself we are all he doesn't say just the wife he says for all of us to submit ourselves one to another and that can be done you can be the head and still submit to the feet 
You don't, have, you don't, I don't understand. Because see, we're trying, all of the whole body ought to be working in unity together to bring about the glory of God and the good of the whole body. And so as a, as a, the head would submit himself in lowliness and humility uh, to operate and function to do what's best for the body. And so when the body, when the head says, no, don't be in, don't take my feet down to a place that's where there's fornication and where there's drinking, uh, that's the head doing what's best for the body, right? Keeping its members right. And, that, and that's what the Lord does for us. And so he expects us to submit ourselves one to another. This is everybody. Pastors are even to submit to others. Right? The highest, most supreme governor in all the land has somebody over him. We all, God has so positioned life and people everywhere that everybody has somebody over them. The Bible talks about the head of the woman is the man, the head of the man is Christ, and at the head of Christ is God. God is ultimately, so everybody's got somebody to answer to, right? And so we all, so that's in the transition. Before we, before we get there, I get ahead of myself sometimes. Uh, but uh, in verse number 18, and so verse number 17, be not unwise. God doesn't want us ignorant. If God wants us to know some things, men bled and died so that you would know what I'm holding in my hands. God allowed men to give their life, to be burned alive, uh, to be outcast, to be uh, just so you and me could have what we are holding in divine preservation. Just as he did in the inspiration and what men bled and died for then, God has had it preserved from this generation forever. And so we hold in our hands a preserved perfect word of God. God wants us to know some things. And what he wants us to know is right here. Not in a dream or a vision or... uh, not anywhere else, right here in the Bible. And so if God wants us to not be unwise, how are we going to get wise? We're going to have to get in the Bible. The the Sunday school teacher can't do it all. The preacher can't do it all. Uh, The uh, the, the missionaries can't do it all. A person's going to have to take it upon themselves to get themselves in the word of God and understand what the will of God is for their life. When I was lost, I didn't care what God wanted me to do. But godly sorrow worketh repentance unto salvation. I began to care when I got under conviction and I've never stopped caring. Now, I haven't always lived up to it. Sometimes I've done Clint's way and I've paid for it. But my, my heart has always wanted to submit myself to the Lordship, though on my feet sometimes I have a hard time with. Uh, but, uh, and that's no excuse now. I'm just saying uh, we all have a flesh to deal with. I understand that. And so we have to submit ourselves one to another. So he's going to deal, verse number one, seven, uh, 18, and be not drunk with wine wherein is in excess, but be filled with the Spirit. So he's going to deal with the spirit. He deals, number one, that we ought to have a sound mind. And then verse number two, he deals with this matter of being filled with the spirit. Now, I don't have time to go much into that uh, because there's a lot in that. Uh, But I do just want to say some things in passing. One man said, uh, drinking from the cup of the spirit. That's a pretty good, uh, that's a dark contrast to the cup of the world. The first relation is be not filled with wine. Wherein is excess? Be not drunk with wine. Where is an excess? They were drinking from a cup that that controlled them by another spirit, right? That's why they call it spirits. It's controlling people. It makes people give money they would never give. They they go home with people they'd have never gone home with. They do things they'd have never done normally, uh, but there's another spirit controlling them now. 
They, 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 they'll, they'll spend money they never would have spent. They're under a different power. They're being controlled by something else. So what he's saying is, drink of the cup of the Spirit. Uh, drink, be, fi- fill yourselves with spiritual things. Empty yourself of all of that and be filled with the Spirit of God. And, and, and God uh, uh, filling you in that Spirit, you'll be controlled just as that man was controlled by that Spirit. The Spirit of God, will ha- you'll have no problem. You'll spend money you never would have before. If I didn't have the Spirit of God in me, I wouldn't give a church 10 cents. Would you? What do they want my money for? I didn't understand that stuff. Don't have a hard time getting it now. If you're controlled by another spirit, I go places I never would have gone before. Say things I never would have said before. Love people I never would have loved before. (laughs) Amen. That's right. Twelve years ago, I wouldn't have liked many of you in here. You wouldn't have liked me either. Let me be equal to that thing. But man, brother, there's another spirit's got us now. Love people now that God's put us together, knit our hearts together in love and all this mushy love stuff. And we're all trying to work together and love each other and all that stuff. It's wonderful. I love it. I meet up with it. I got the can't help it. I love church. I love God. I, I say amen. Miss Maiden said I live to go to church. I say amen to that. I, I'm going to write that down in my Bible. And I'm just hoping I, every time I come across it, it stirs my heart. I love God's people. I love God. That don't mean we don't get aggravated at each other. But see, there's another spirit having us now. When we get controlled by the spirit of God, we'll be doing things like that. Forgiving one another for Christ's sake. You know, there's some people out of... No, not going down that road. The Spirit of God's got us under control now. And so when the Spirit of God's got us, we have no problem. And so we have to walk in the Spirit. So he deals with that because, you listen, there is no way, no way we'll do, be able to do these next verses apart from the Spirit of God and the soberness of our mind. We are no way can a wife submit to her husband in all things without the Spirit of God. Because they see everything that we are. They see what others don't see. And without the Spirit of God inside of a lady, there's no way she could. I have seen some ladies go through some things and they just humbled themselves, brother. It's unbelievable. And we're won by the, those men won by the conversation of their wife. Wow. That takes the Spirit of God. Man, no chance you'll be able to love your family right. Without the Spirit of God. So instead of trying to go the cart before the horse and trying to do these exterior things, what we first have to do is we have to back up, be renewed in our mind, and be filled with the Spirit. So we try to say, well, okay, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start, when I get home, I'm going to start telling my wife how much I love her more. I'm going to start doing, and all those are good things to start doing. I'm not against that. But I think we're getting a little bit backward. What we need to do is back up and get our hearts right with God. Because if we're spirit-filled, we'll have no problem loving our wives. Let us not love in word only, but in deed and in truth. We'll We'll go beyond the words. 
if we're spirit-filled. And so we, we have, that doesn't mean we neglect the one. Christ never, and so here's the connection here. It's just like the Ten Commandments. You've got the expectations to God and then the expectation towards man. And the two are intertwined. Here's the expectation that he's going to give in particular to our earthly brothers, wives, husbands, masters, servants. And he gives those earthly relationships just after he's given all the expectations of how we should walk to please God. And the, in, in the middle, it talks about submitting one to another. And so in that, in, in that expectation uh, that we have, and all of us, uh, it's, it's connected. You cannot, uh, and I want, I want to turn to Isaiah and we got to go home. Because we're just laying the groundwork for this. Uh, and I want to get to these um, in particular. Uh, but you cannot have one without the other. You cannot get right with God without being right with your wife. You cannot get right with God while being at odds with your brother. You can't do it. God won't let you do it. Let's read Isaiah and then we'll go home because I didn't really get to get to much of this. Isaiah uh, chapter number 58. Isaiah chapter number 58. I can start with verse number one. Cry aloud, spare not. Lift up thy voice like a trumpet. Show my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. Yet they seek me daily. Delight to know my ways as a nation they, uh, that did righteousness and forsook not the ordinances of their God. They ask of me the ordinances of justice. They take delight in approaching to God. Look at verse 3. Wherefore have we fasted, say they, and thou seest not? Wherefore have we afflicted our soul, and thou takest no knowledge? Behold, in the day of your fast you find pleasure, and exact all your labors. Behold, ye fast for strife and debate, and to smite with the fist of wickedness, ye shall not fast as ye do this day, to make your voice to be heard on high. Is it such a fast that I have chosen? Here we go. A day for a man to afflict his soul, is it to bow down his head as a bulrush and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Will thou call this a fast and an acceptable day of the Lord? Verse number six, is not this the fast that I have chosen? To loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed go free, that ye break every yoke. Verse number seven, is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry? And that thou bring the poor that are cast out to thy house. When thou seest the naked that thou cover him. And that thou hide not thyself, thine own flesh. Then shall thy light break forth as the morning. And thine health shall spring forth speedily. And thy righteousness shall go before thee. The glory of the Lord shall thy reward. Now what's he saying there in those first part of those verses? They have no problem in trying to be somewhat submissive to God and seeking God and claiming to be all these uh, wonderful things. Jesus gives them the same thing uh, where he said, uh, you have uh, uh, left off the most important and you've uh, the weightier matters of the law like mercy and justice and judgment. And uh, uh, this should you have done and not left off the former. And so what they were trying to do is get to God without worrying about what God has said about everybody else. You can't do that. You'll never please God by ignoring people. People do matter. They matter so much. God said, don't even try to get right with me until you get right with them. 
And so that's what he's trying to teach us. It is vitally important in our expectation that he had. It is great hypocrisy to try to claim to love God, but you don't love people. That is hypocrisy. There is nothing sincere about that. You have to love people or you do not love God. I don't care what you think about yourself. You don't love God if you don't love people, right? And so he's going to deal with these. That's in general. Be filled with the Spirit. And then he's going to go on down and deal with our strength. And we'll deal with that tonight. But then he's going to get into the particulars of these relationships. Husbands and wives. And and, uh, just because it'll make some of you mad, I'm going to deal with the husbands again. First. One man said, I'm not coming back to you. Deal with the women. I'm not ready for that, JC. I'm not strong enough. I've not been here long enough. A man can get mad and just go home and sleep it off. A woman can get mad and she'll cut your throat in six months. She'll never forget it. So I want to be careful. Well, that did it. Stand to your feet before I get my throat cut. We'll have one verse. I, I'm really praying as we lay, as we begin this kind of this journey together and looking at these verses again that many of you have for so many years. But um, I'm really praying in my heart God will challenge me to be a better. I want to be a better Christian. I want to be spirit filled. I want to. I want to love my wife, my children. I, I want to do things right. And I know you do too. You wouldn't be here. So let's just pray together. God will use these and help me uh, to be a blessing to you, and that God will help us. We'll have one verse of invitation. If you need to come, uh, you, you feel free to come, okay? God bless you. Brother A. Number, number 55.